Welcome back, friends, to Hope is a Prayer Away. I am your host, Pastor JJ. And before we descend on our Bible study today, I would like to remind you that all of my Bible studies are free for you to download and copy, and all of my Bible studies come with no strings attached. There's no registration, there's no email required, no subscription, uh, no thumbs up, and you will never have to pay a penny to receive in any of my Bible studies. My only goal for this podcast and the website is to connect you with Christ Jesus. We do have a voluntary contact form on our website. And if you would like to receive my latest Bible study before it gets posted to our website, you can fill it out and we'll send you the Bible study uh, before it gets loaded. But again, it's 100% voluntary. The website is www.hopeisaprayerway.com. That's www.hopeisaprayerway.com. Now, let's get into the Word of God. Let's see what the Lord is going to teach us today. In today's Bible study, I wanted to, 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 to do a study about the 12 apostles. What happened to them? What happened to their ministry? So let us begin by defining the word apostle. The word apostle comes from the Greek word apostolos. And it means a person that was sent. So the word apostle means a person that was sent in the Greek. So we find the the first actions of the apostles in the New Testament originally was the official name of those 12 of the apostles of the disciples whom Jesus chose to send forth first to preach the gospel and to be with him during the course of his ministry on earth. Their word also appears to have been used in a non-official sense to designate a much wider circle of Christian messengers and teachers. You can find that in 2 Corinthians 8 verse 23 and Philemon 2 verse 25 it is only those who were officially designated apostles that we treat in the article their names are given in matthew 10 verses 2 through 4 and christ charges them in the rest of the chapter the office and what are the office and the qualifications of an apostle number one the original qualification of an apostle, as stated by St. Peter, on the occasion of electing a successor to the traitor Judas, was that he should have been personally acquainted with the whole ministerial course of our Lord from his baptism by John to the day that he was taken up into heaven. The second requirement was that they should be chosen by Christ himself. The third they had the power of working miracles. Number four, they were inspired. Find that in John 16, verse 13. Number five, their world seems to have been preeminently that of founding the churches and upholding them by supernatural power, specially bestowed for that purpose. And number six, the office ceased 
to exist as a matter of course with its first holders. All continuation of it, from the very from the very condition of it of its existence, found in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 1, being impossible. Early history and training. The apostles were from the lower ranks of life, simple and uneducated. Some of them were, re were related to Jesus according to the flesh. Some had previously been disciples of John the Baptist. And yet our Lord chose them early in his public career. They seem to have all been on an, on, on an equality, both during and after the ministry of Christ on earth. Early in our Lord's ministry, he sent them out, two and two, to preach repentance and to perform miracles in his name. Please see Matthew 10 and Luke chapter 9. They accompanied him, they accompanied him in his journey. And they saw the wonderful works, heard his discourses, addressed to the people, and made inquiries of him on religious matters. They recognized him as the Christ of God. Matthew 16, verse 16, also Luke 9, verse 20. And I'm reading out of the NIV and all these verses. I'm sorry, I forgot. I should have told you that before. And describe him and describe his supernatural powers in Luke 9:54 but in the recognition of the spiritual teachings and mission of Christ they made very low progress held back as they were by weakness of apprehension and by national prejudices even at the removal of our lord from the earth they were yet weak in their knowledge you can find that in Luke 24, verses 21. Also, John 16 to 12. And though he had for so long been carefully preparing them for instructions. And it's amazing that when he leaves, they were still very weak in their knowledge. But we're all human beings. It's, it's uh, easy to look back and, and criticize uh, such an event that uh that it was taking place on the feast of pentecost 10 days later our lord's ascension the holy spirit came down on the assembled church and acts verse 2 and from that time the apostles became altogether different men giving witness with power of the life and the death and resurrection of jesus as he had as he had declared they should those verses are Luke 24 uh, 48 Acts 1 8 Acts 22 Acts 2 verse 32 Acts 3 15 Acts 5 32 and you can also find that in Acts 13 31 their later labors and history First of all, the mother church at Jerusalem grew up under their hands in Acts 3 through 7, and the superiority, dignity, and power were universally acknowledged by the rulers of the people, Acts 5, verse 12. Their first mission out of Jerusalem was to Samaria, 
in Acts 8 verses 5 through 25 we find where the Lord himself had during his ministry sown the seed of the gospel and here ends the first period of the apostles agencies during which its center in Jerusalem and the prominent figure is that of Saint Peter the center of the second period of the apost apostolic agency is Antioch, where a ch church was soon built up, consisting of Jews and Gentiles. And the center, cent central figure of this and of the subsequent period is St. Paul. Now the third apostolic period is marked by the almost entire disappearance of the Twelve from the sacred narrative and the exclusive agency of St. Paul, the great apostle of the Gentiles. The missionary work of the rest of the twelve, we know absolutely nothing from the sacred narrative. And there's not the, the Bible doesn't record any of their uh, any of their missionary work. Friends, I, I, I want to close today and I want us to re, to, to encourage you. Let us all be beacons of unity, dispensing Christ Jesus and the fruits of the Spirit, which are found in Galatians 5, verses 22 to 23 in the NIV. And verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and verse 23, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So if we are followers of Christ, if we're preaching the gospel, those are the fruits that we should all have inside of us. And I would also like to address another area um, that sadly I've seen and um, I think it needs to be addressed. Let us not be used by our adversary. Remember that Satan, his 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 name in the in the Hebrew is our adversary. So let us not be used by our adversary as an instrument of destruction, disharmony, dissension, discord conflict, strife, hate, rage, animosity, or havoc as our adversary wants. Remember, friends, Satan is antithetical to everything that Jesus stands for. And he wants animosity. He wants racial discord. He wants us to have strife. And he wants us to hate each other. And I and, and, and I address any pastor that's promoting the instruments of Satan. He is not ordained or she is not ordained by Christ Jesus. Because remember that when the Roman soldier cut Jesus' ear, Peter wanted to strike him down. And what did Jesus say? Don't touch him, Peter. And the Lord God, 
the ear of the Roman soldier and he attached it back. That's love. That's compassion. That's mercy. That's peace. That's forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right there he showed us the fruit of the Spirit with his own actions. And we are to keep our eyes on Jesus. Remember, friends, you don't follow me. You don't follow a church. You don't follow church leaders. You don't follow pastors. You keep your eyes set on Jesus. And whatever I say or anyone, anybody else says, you get your Bible, study, and see if it's true. And for those of you that don't know Jesus, I would like for you to, I would like to lead you in a prayer. And if this day you would like to accept Jesus, he's calling you. And I know that there's a lot of you out there that have been putting it off and, and maybe scared. You know, there's so many things going on. And maybe what scares you is things that you've done in your past that you feel that there's no forgiveness. I'm here to tell you there is forgiveness. I'm going to lead you in prayer. If you'd like to accept Jesus, please pray along with me. Lord Jesus, I come before your throne. I repent of all of my sins, Lord. This day, I make you my Lord and my Savior. And I accept you, Father, as my eternal salvation. And I accept your Son, Jesus, who died for me on Calvary and who rose again. And I want to be with him forever and ever and eternity. In Jesus' name. Friends, if you prayed that prayer, I believe that you are born again. I encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Keep growing in Jesus. Be the beacon that I talked about to spread love, to spread Jesus, to spread this, the fruits of the Spirit. And let us run the good race like the Apostle Paul says, for when the day that we all appear before the Lord and he says, well, what did you do now once you found out about me? Let us all have good reports to give. I close today by, like I always do, with the best phrase I've ever heard. It is from the Reverend John H. Osteen. May he rest in peace. And he closed out every broadcast with this phrase. Keep Jesus first place in your life and he will take you places that you've never dreamed of. Wow, what an awesome, awesome phrase. God bless you, Pastor Osteen. I love that phrase. I love seeing you when you were when you were alive and my wife and I enjoyed your 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 show or your your, your ministry so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Pastor Osteen. Friends, 
Thank you for your time and the privilege of being able to share Christ Jesus with you. I look forward to talking with you tomorrow. May God richly bless you and yours today and always. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you.